Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kei te whakaronga mai koe ki tō tātou au horihori. Hei hōtaka e pānaki a papatua nuku, tangaroa, meirangi nui. I'm Alison Balance, and this is Our Changing World on RNZ National. And now, the humble cardboard box is the unsung hero of the New Zealand economy. Every year, millions of cardboard boxes containing billions of dollars of export goods leave and arrive our shores. Many of them are carrying fruit, butter or meat that needs to be stored in chillers for months on end, and not all of them will make it. More correctly known as sea flute corrugated paperboard cartons, cardboard boxes are sturdy workhorses. Their design dates back nearly 150 years. And while most of us pay scant regard to boxes, unless we're shifting house, in which case we can't get enough of them, there are people out there trying to improve boxes so they can withstand the rigours of chilling and shipping. Lou Sherman is one of these and she runs a facility at Scion that's dedicated to testing cardboard boxes. It's known as the White Room. Basically what this is, is a specially designed kind of room inside of a room where we test the performance of cardboard boxes in simulated chilled supply chain conditions. So the whole idea with it was that we wanted to be able to accurately control temperature and humidity and then within the room we've got 25 testers that apply a constant load and measure the height of that box over time. Why packaging? Why cardboard boxes? I mean there's something totally ubiquitous and someone like me pays absolutely no attention to them. A cardboard box is a cardboard box. Yeah. What we have in New Zealand is that we're an export nation, right? And a lot of our products, that, in order to get to these export markets overseas, they have to go in some form of packaging. And cardboard boxes are a really interesting form of uh, packaging because they're made from renewable resources, they are recyclable, but at the same time, their performance can be impacted by humidity. So basically what we're trying to do here is to try to understand how we can optimise the performance of these cardboard boxes because there's probably not a better form of packaging for that sort of application but try to make them more robust in that sort of changing humidity environment that we see in, in cool supply chains like for fruit and meat and dairy and that sort of thing. I was going to say I was thinking of blocks of cheese <laughs> came to mind. So yeah, food that has to be kept cool and freezers and chillers are inherently slightly damp places. Is yeah, that the they're slightly damp. And the main issue is when the humidity changes. This sort of research has been done for like years and years, yeah? Like, and it's, a, I guess, an unsolved problem. What we know from researchers in the past is that if you hold a box at a quite a high constant humidity, uh, so that, that moisture content is quite high in that box, it will actually last longer 
then if you start to cycle the humidity. So as long as the conditions are stable, it's okay? Yeah, but, but in reality, the conditions are never stable, right? Because within uh, chillers, there's a defrost cycle, so there's a, there can be spikes in the, in the humidity. Even how about like day versus night can change because the boxes naturally want to absorb and desorb um, moisture. That's just the nature of, of fibres then we see that those, those boxes will actually absorb moisture and expand slightly and then desorb moisture and, um, and shrink slightly. And we can show using this sort of facility where we can control the humidity, so cycle it from 50 to 90, then we can show that that, that box is actually contracting and expanding even though it's under a constant load, which is... Uh, a similar scenario as it would be under on a real shipping pallet. Because that's the issue with boxes, they're all stacked on top of each other, aren't they? So yeah. they're not just holding something inside, they've got to be strong enough to have a whole lot of stuff on top of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what, what we see in industry is they're currently using this test called a BCT in order to measure the performance of boxes. And what BCT stands for is Box Compression Test. And it basically measures the ultimate strength of that box. And then they put in some safety factors. Then they assume that they can only load that box to maybe 25% of its ultimate strength. But that sort of test doesn't really replicate what's actually happening in a real supply chain. But this test where we're applying a constant load, then we can get more accurate indication of, of what, how that box might perform in a real supply chain. I should actually get you to explain the acronym for it because you call it the white room. Oh, so yeah. what does, what does good, white good idea, stand yeah. for, apart from the fact that it is actually a white colour? And it actually stands for Weight, Humidity Intervals, Temperature Experiment. So we're applying a constant load. Uh, we're changing the humidity so we can, we can modify the, the intervals of how much we want to be at 50, how much we want to be at 90, like different lengths of time. Uh, and then we can design experiments around that to, to sort of try to understand how materials will perform in, in those sort of different changing environments. So just talk me through this graph that we're looking at. So it's, it's a graph that climbs quite quickly at the beginning and then it's got a long, slightly sloping angle to it and then it climbs very steeply again at the end. So this is kind of a classic creep curve. Most materials, if they're under a constant load, they would produce a, a, a similar sort of curve. Even this building will be slowly creeping because uh, uh, the materials are under a constant load. So what this chart really shows us is that there are three stages to creep. The first is primary creep. That's when you initially apply the load. Then there's quite a big change in that, in so that material height. It sort of goes oomph. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then after that, then uh, we get sort of a linear relationship in terms of height versus time. And that's where this, the, the material is slowly changing in height over time at a, a constant rate and then finally when it kind of it reaches a point of failure then it will very quickly change in height and that's that's the the final third step in the, in the creep. So does this enable you to speed things up as well so something that might in real life take six months to happen you can speed it up a whole lot? Yeah yeah actually we normally call it accelerated creep or, or moisture accelerated creep and the sorts of cycles that we follow in the um, white room 
would, you wouldn't really see that sort of rate in industry. But what it means is that we, because we have such good control over temperature and humidity, is that we can repeat tests. So what sort of information does the manufacturer get out? They might go, oh, all my boxes collapsed at the corners or the side panels buckled or... Yeah, so you can uh, definitely get some visual information back around what is the um, failure mechanism. But the most interesting data is probably the creep rate or the lifetime. So then you can make comparisons between different boxes and say that that's if you've got a higher creep rate, and when I talk about creep rate, actually, I mean that secondary uh, portion of the creep curve. Not the long, slow change. Yeah, because that kind of gives you an indication of how long that box is going to last. You know, if it's a really steep curve, you know it's not going to last long. But if it's a really shallow one, then it might last quite a long time. So although we can't go in and see what's happening because we don't want to change the humidity and the conditions in there, it is wired up so that from the outside here you can actually look at some information, see what's going on. Yeah, so what you can see here is results of nine of the the testers within the room and they are displaying the results of the the displacement or the height of those boxes and those testers and you can see that as we have cycled the humidity from 50 to 90 and this is over a, like, um, a 12 hour period so 12 hours at 50, 12 hours at 90 you can see that the, the height of that box has actually changed during that cycle. So what are those boxes doing, getting gradually shorter? Yeah, and you can see there's four there that are still continuing to to cycle in humidity or cycle in height, but then you can see that, yeah, the other boxes have all collapsed. Are they all the same boxes, do you know? No, I think there's three different variables running in the room at the moment, so it's it's not surprising that that some boxes have collapsed and failed and some are continuing to last longer. So do you have anything inside the boxes in there or is it just the boxes standing on their own? Yeah, at the moment that is part of the experiment. In reality, in industry, there will always be something inside the box. So generally we want to make sure that the box at least fails outwards and doesn't, is not failing inwards. So um, normally we do try to put something in there, even if it doesn't have a, a load or a weight or a, a significant weight, um, just to make sure that the, that the failure mechanism is similar to what we would see in a real supply chain. So you've actually just grabbed a, a handy box that's lying around. Um, yeah, this is one of the boxes from one of our experiments, which has failed. So the experiment hasn't failed, it's just the box has failed, which is exactly what we wanted to see happen. And it's and interesting because it's kind of buckling outwards. Yeah, exactly. That's, I guess, part of the, the challenge of the research is around understanding what causes it to buckle in, in that exact way or that exact lo- location. So in the long term, that's really the the challenge that we're trying to address um, at Scion with some of our research, is really trying to characterise the the material or or understand the fundamentals of what's making that material, the corrugated box or the corrugated paper within the box, to fail at that location. Thanks Lou. That's Lou Sherman and she is a scientist and cardboard box guru at Scion. I'm Alison Balance. And this Our Changing World podcast first aired on RNZ National on the 23rd of August 2018. If you'd like to listen to this story again, check out the photos or read the written feature, the place to go is our webpage, rnz.co.nz 
slash ourchangingworld. You can sign up for our weekly email newsletter there as well, find our contact details, and have a browse through our very large audio archive, which goes back 13 years. It's full of treasures. We are available as a podcast on the RNZ app, and we are RNZ Our Changing World on your favourite podcast provider. Stay in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook, where we are RNZ Science. Bye for now. Mate wa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.